city gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living, the devil may care. And I'm just a devil with no despair, so viva Las Vegas. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Kind of feel like I'm sat in a video chat with an Eskimo right now, so we're going to go straight over to the crew. <laughs> Dave, you look very cold, mate. <laughs> uh, good evening. <laughs> good evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Yes, it's uh, it's, it's cold. Um, live from, let's say Riga, it's a cold place. Um, I'm clearly not in Antarctica. Um, yeah, we, any kind of somewhere it's cold. Um, yeah, I'm just I've just got a coat on and I'm, I'm very cold. So yeah, um, yeah. Hi everyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what we at my fancy Zamboni podcast like to call starting as we mean to go on. Um, you, you throw me under the bus, and that's what you get. <laughs> oh, I feel like we should be rewinding back to last year with throwing under the bus. The uh, the other voice we just heard is of course Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we? Uh, not so bad, thanks, mate. Apart from my feet are freezing, but apart from that, what? Why? What is suddenly going on? Like, what is everybody cold? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the man that, in all this freezing cold weather, apparently we can at least guarantee isn't going to have cold teeth. Gareth, how? <laughs> I'm actually quite warm, to be fair. I'm good. The wonders of central heating. Oh, exactly. And in any case, socks. Sorry, Gref, how are we? You're right. Yeah, not too bad. You're right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy. The out of office is on. All is good in the world. Well, are you good anyway, mate? Yes. This this will be my last podcast for two weeks. We are heading off to uh, to sunny Vegas. Blackpool. To sort of yeah, Blackpool. Yeah, the Golden Knights are going on that on a road trip. So um, I I I heard Skaggy. Well, you know, it's part Skeggy, part Filey, and then we're ended up in Cleethorpes. Just thought we'd do a bit of a seaside route, so... And then we're going down to Cornwall. And then we're going down to Cornwall. Because that's what you'd do. You'd go around Filey, Scarborough and Cleethorpes and then down to Cornwall. Get a few bottles of Rattler. Right, moving swiftly back to the (laughs) podcast. It's been an interesting week. Maybe not if you're a Nottingham fan, but we'll come around to that shortly. Um, Guildford beat Nottingham 6-2. Uh, Fife lost to Sheffield in their worst loss in their own building in the Elite League, 10-3 on Saturday. And Glasgow got the double over Belfast, 3-1 on Sunday, and a 3-2 shootout win on Saturday. However, it did get Belfast the point that they needed to get through to the next stage of the Challenge, not Conti, Challenge Cup. Um Thank you very much. Thank you. Keep the applause going. Um, yeah, gents, highlights. I'm not going to talk to Gref because he's stolen mine. I'm going to be greedy because uh, you imagine I'm going to have two. Uh, first one, it's going to be Guildford's comeback. 2-1 down in the third to win 6-2 against the Panthers on Saturday. Um, but very much last night, um, we, was, we was gifted uh, play of and save of the week. I'm going to go save the week. Morrison, uh, a lovely tic-tac-toe play and a save just out of nowhere. You were just like, wow, what a performance. Um, a guy, you know, a performance that kept Fife in the game last night. Um, 
and it was just a superb save. It got a fair few people off their off their backsides and applauded him, and it was well deserved. Myself and yourself included on that one, Dave. Um, yeah, before you guys go on, I mean, I, I think just a, sh- a, 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 sp- a special shout out to Morrison because, to be fair, that scoreline could have hit double figures again if it weren't for him. Uh, I think the final figures were 38 shots, 34 saves from Morrison, I think, and then five shot count was something like 16, something like that. So chalk and cheese between the two teams yesterday. Um, but yeah, stellar performance from Morrison. Uh, sorry, Gref and uh, Andy, highlights. Uh, I'll I'll lead off with stealing your your highlight as well. The Tanner Everly goal against Fife. In your in your barn as well. On a breakaway, what was it? Forehand, backhand, backhand, top of the top of the net, deeped five keeper out of his pads pretty much. That was just a filthy goal. Rated eighteen plus. <laughs> Definitely. Hundred percent. And whilst whilst we, before we go to Andy, whilst we're talking about eighteen plus goals, the goal in the NHL last night as well uh, was Definitely an 18-plus rated goal. Through the legs, top shelf. Beautiful. Yeah. Straight, in the, t- straight in the toy department with some lovely goals. Yeah. And there's been a, been a few. There was that uh, one in the CHL as well. There was for the Latte Pe- Pelicans, yeah. The, uh, oh, on the uh, Mistrica game. The, um, oh, oh, the Mistrica move. The Mistrica move, yes. So, mate, yes. Yeah, so certainly some good goals this week. Yeah. Yes. If ice, hockey, if ice hockey had an OnlyFans account, these goals would be on there. If Carl, if Carlsberg did ice hockey goals, then they'd be terrible because Carlsberg is terrible. Um, Can't confirm. Something like that. Um, Eberle's goal was in front of his mum and dad as well. His mum and dad were in Sheffield to score that. Apparently, it was worthy of saying on the Tannoy, so figured it was worthy of putting on the podcast. Why um, not? Why not? Why not? Scored in front of mummy and daddy. Um, Andy, what's your highlight, mate? Mine's just got to be Joshua Waller's goal against Nottingham. Uh, it's absolute coast to coast. Uh, deep past one, deep, one, one Pampers player, and then before he realised Pampers D-man coming towards him, just got a quick shot off from, from the slot uh, after a nice toe drag and just put it top shelf. Absolutely beautiful goal. And the celebration as well, when he drops his stick and just great celebration as well. Uh, for me, he loses points in the celebration. I thought it was sloppy. All that great move and then loses points of celebration. Waste of time. I like the way you said drops his stick, great celebration. It looked to me as if he just scored and then didn't know what to do. His <laughs> palace is like, what, what have I got to do here? Ah, oh, yeah. It was about as put together as Lentigov's Eddie yesterday, where he stood at centre ice for 30 seconds before they put the music on. <laughs> like, just. Yeah, I mean, the goal was fantastic. The goal was absolutely fantastic. And, and for a. Kid of his age, it was just unreal. Um, but I think we'll have to agree to disagree on the on Selly. I think I think it was quite amusing because I do think it was just one of those moments where he just went, uh, "What do I do now?" <laughs> um, mine, because Greth is is a, a highlight thief, and I, I've fallen out with him, and I'm not going to speak to him for two weeks other than send him Snapchats. Um, Mine is, there's not necessarily a highlight per se, but it's just a player that I have enjoyed particularly watching over the last three games. Um, Nikolai Lemtigov um, is an outstanding player. So the skill that he's got doesn't necessarily put the points upon the board. 
but this week in particular, over the weekend and then particularly yesterday, there were just some plays that I just thought were, were just fantastic. He went into a corner with about four guys coming at him and ended up with the puck like at the end of it. it just just unreal. Um, seems to have a magnet to his stick, keeping the puck on his stick all the time. So, um, yeah, a fantastic player. Um, and I've got to justify having him on my jersey, haven't I? So, it's worthwhile something saying. Like that, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Um, do you know, we're giving the... Um, the shout out to the internationals as well, you know, for our first shout out for a Russian player. Yeah, yeah. I don't shout think we've had a Russian shout out in, on the podcast before, so uh, that's another one ticked off the list. Well, to be fair, there's not a lot of Russian shout outs going on in other hockey podcasts. If anybody's listened to Spit in Chiflet, so we're going a bit of a different direction on that one, um, and we'll move swiftly on from that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the next thing we have is the area that I will be in on very shortly, uh, the departures and arrivals section. Um, News to me. I know, sorry. I'm just, I'm paying you back for Budapest, mate. That's all it is. Well, I put it in Budapest. Apparently you went. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got departures and arrivals. We've only got two this week. Uh, the first is an arrival in Sheffield. It was Miko Kuka. Um, what do we make of this one? Uh, the signing that Sheffield really, really needed in the context of he changed, for me, he changed the dynamic of the defensive core. Defensive defenseman stays at home uh, over 600 games in the, the SM Liga with a plus minus of 68 off the top of my head. Um, to have that type of stat um, over 600 games, yeah, top notch. Are you, you going to double hedge it there? You've got... So you've got... Let me get on to the main highlight of the guy's oh, career. You've got plus 68. Hold on, are you going to hedge it? How many games did he play? 625. Well done, sir. Well done. Yes. Hold the applause. Because his highlight is not that. It's not the stat. It's not the plus minus. It's his CHL win. Uh, playing for Yippie Vascular. Um, just throwing that out there. Um, but no, very good signing. And already, you could tell... With uh, Trotsensky, it's just the dynamic of that team's defensive plays change completely. It's more solid, it's tighter, it's what's needed. And it's it's made Sheffield now the dangerous prospect that people thought they could have been. It's now given them the chance to be that dangerous team. In my humble opinion, up there with the lights of the Cardiff and Belfast. What we were saying at the beginning of the year, the missing pieces, I think this signing is that missing piece. Yeah, I think it's going to, it seems to have improved you guys a lot. I mean, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow's game now because you guys are on a a bit of a run. Today. Well, yeah, it's going to be today's game now. We've got, what, seven minutes past 12. (laughs) But, He's looking at his stats wise, six hundred and twenty five games in the Liga. It's you're not gonna get that many games if you're not really that good. I mean fourteen goals as well as a defensive defenseman. And then sixty nine assists with eighty three points in total, that's pretty decent. And he puts the body around as well, looking at his penalty minutes, four hundred and sixty seven. It's kind of a decent play for you guys. Be, and then obviously you got his, his claim to your claim to fame for him. 
the Champions Hockey League win. I think it's, it's probably that was probably the best signing for you. I'm surprised you don't have a jersey with his name on the back already. Give it's it on order. Give it time. <laughs> He's asked them if they can print a special patch that says CHL champion and they're currently debating it out as to whether it can be done. <laughs> Is it signing that's I think steadied the ship a lot for Sheffield. I mean, since he's, since he's come in, is the teams have been playing phenomenal uh, defensively, offensively. You know, it just seems like the whole package right now since that cook has come in. Fantastic both for experience in, in the league, guys, as, as you've all said. Uh, Champions Hockey League, just a great pedigree of player, and uh, also a, a very good write-up, which you don't see many of on elite prospects with uh, new, many elite league players, but. Uh, Ulf Anderson, Ulf Anderson, who's a very, very respected and, and highly rated uh, scout, I think it is, for, for elite prospects, says that Cooker is a def- defensive defenseman with good size and work ethic and, and also put calmly. And that's the sort of thing that Sheffield's needed for quite a long time. So it's, it's a very good signing. Sheffield haven't had a defensive defenseman, to my mind, since Steve Mon left the team. We haven't had a guy that you go to and you go, he's our stand two guy. We've had the likes of Daryl Hay, but even he likes to go forward every so often. We haven't had a guy who sits on the blue line and, and makes his living on the blue line and doesn't go much further and, and very much controls it in his own zone. You watch the first three games that he's played for Sheffield. He came in, the, the signing was announced on Friday. It was We don't know if he's going to be there over the weekend. He played both games in Fife and Dundee. Regular-ish ice time, and I have to say I didn't notice him that much, which is a good thing for a stay-at-home defenseman. That's exactly what you want. Is a guy that you don't go. He's just messed up there. He's just made a mistake. He went the whole game quietly. The only time that I noticed him yesterday, or the day before, no, um, was a few times on the PK when he was just controlling the puck on the boards. He just managed. He poked like three of their guys in concession to get the puck out of the, out of the zone. Just very calm. Very composed. Um, for his first week in Sheffield, he's still going to be settling down, getting used to systems, getting used to his team. And to be fair, if he's going to improve further once that's done, then I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm, I, you know, it's it's quite worrying to say that this is his first week, given the impact that he's had on the team. Um, I think Dave, you're not the nail on the head. The combo of him and Tronchinski signing in Sheffield is, is really stepped up a level and filled the gaps that needed filling. Um, and it's nice to see, because Sheffield were in this position last year and Sheffield didn't have a good start last year. So as a Steelers fan, to see us make the difference now, you know, we, we probably made a, a signing or two at the start of last season at this point, And, you know, it didn't necessarily turn the ship quite as much as we want. So hopefully this time round, this is, this is what does that. And I genuinely think that the impact that these guys have made, I mean, Jesus, we, we've scored what 20 goals in three games and we've we've conceded what three goals against Dundee two against was it three against Dundee two against five one against five something like that against six, five, three. three five two Dundee, Dundee one against no, five three Dundee. It was it three? three Dundee and one last night so we've conceded seven goals in, in three games which for a team that was shipping goals like we were at the start of the season is a fantastic improvement when you then take into into account, was it one or two of those goals in Fife on Saturday that came against Will Curling? Yeah, two. 
two. Two goals of those came against Will Curling, who did a good job, to be fair, as a, Very as, good job. As, a, as a young netminder coming in. But when you consider that two of those goals came against the young, essentially apprentice backup goalie, that, that's not bad going at all. And I think you put a lot of that down to Kuka, you put a lot of that down to Tronchinski, and uh, it's definitely a mentality change in Sheffield right now. And just quickly, as you just mentioned, a, a bit of a shout out to Kill in his first uh, pro minutes early league. And yeah, you can see too, but I just thought he was quite steady. He, what he had to do did pretty well. Uh, no, nothing spectacular, didn't need to. But it was good to see him get some ice time. I thought it was good of, of Fox. It was wise of, of Aaron Fox. He must have known that Dewey were going to play both games. Give him a breather, let Kill get some experience to get some time. Bit of a, bit of a win win situation. He seemed to settle in quite well from what I saw. I mean, I was watching... You know, you kind of think a kid of his age coming into that team last seven minutes, ten minutes, however long it was. There was some debate as to how long he got in the net. Um, you kind of think, you know, a bit of rabbit in the headlights at that point, but he settled in nicely between the pipes. He made a few good saves. What kind of took me was he was quite... His agility between the pipes, getting up and, like, going down and getting up, moving from side to side, his awareness on the puck... Yes, he put he led a couple of goals in in that space of time, but actually, when you see those kinds of things in a young goalie, it's got to look promising going forward. Surely, I mean, you know, that's one of the main th- one of the big things that'll let a goalie down is, is he, if he's too slow getting down and getting back up or moving post to post. And he looked very very quick in that aspect. You know, if if he gets a bit more ice time, if the Steelers can get a, a couple more leads like that, he's going to be a good prospect for the future. I think. No, very much so. His it was like you say, agility, his movements, very quick, very sharp. Yeah. Um yeah. he looked aware from the first second. A lot of good signs in what in the seven I think it was the seven or eight minutes that he got. Um a lot of promising good signs uh, for Kellen. So uh, let's hope we see more of that. It'll only bode well for him and and, and the Seals and the British game for another Brit goalie knocking on the door of playing minutes in the Elite League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other arrival this week was Jake Hansen. We talked, I just said about Sheffield having a bit of a mentality change. Uh, I think out of every team in the Elite League right now, the Panthers fans are hoping that they're going to get the same thing. Um, really, really not a good start for the Panthers this year. Two losses over the weekend. Um, Guildford and then, I can't remember who else they lost against now. Five. Um, yeah, Guildford and five. Um, really rubbed the salt in the wound. Obviously, five bounced back a little bit from that 10-3 Loss against Sheffield, but as a whole, not a good weekend for Nottingham, not a good start for Nottingham, and two guys down as well. We knew that somebody was going to be coming in. We talked last week about Guy Set and Tim Wallace maybe stepping in, but neither of them seem willing to at the moment. However, they have now papered over one of the cracks by signing Jake Hansen. Um, we would have seen him playing for Coventry last year. Uh, 23 games, 25 points in the Blaze jersey. What do we think? Look it over. Just look, looking at his stats on Elite Prospects, he looks like a pretty decent signing when Blaze signed him. And when he was playing wise, he looked half decent until he got a, an injury that pretty much ruled him out for the season then. 25 points in 23 games. Obviously, 19 of those points were assists. Maybe that'll 
give the boost to some of the forwards that they probably brought in thinking, yeah, this person's going to be a goal scorer when they've not actually been scoring as many goals as they'd have liked them to. He's, you can get, he's got ice time over in Slovakia. Five games, he's got a point with eight penalty minutes. It's not too bad for HKM Zolvin. Not too bad. He's going off the player he was playing for commentary. He should help Panthers in the rut that they're currently in. Yeah, we needed to add some new bodies, and they have done. Uh, seems a not, not not a guy that screams out, you know, he's, he's going to change things drastically, but he's, he's part of the puzzle that needs rebuilding in Nottingham. This graphic said comes from, comes from Solon in Slovakia last year. He's a 2007 third-round draft pick where they compass blue jackets. And a guy I think will make some some contribution, I think, to, towards their season. Uh, I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll score quite a few points. Uh, as, as Graf said, back from injury, uh, playing with Coventry last year, the reason why I think he had 19 assists was because he was, he was on a line with, with the likes of Ben Lake, uh, who, who I think was pretty much one of the, well, was the best player for Coventry like last season, and, and obviously he was by a lot of those, a lot of those goals. So it would be interesting to see if it fits into the whichever line is will be on. It'd be interesting to see how he does. A, a player with points and someone that w- me, Joe, and Andy may remember from our trip to Denmark when he played for Rungstead, um, and was one of the memory says right, which on that trip may be difficult, but one of the standout players for Rungstead. I was going to say I, I no. I'll, I'll add some honesty to the whole uh, to the whole problem. I'm not trying to fake that one. Um, but yeah, no. It, it, always gauging reaction from fan base as to what they think, and, and this one's been a bit of a mixed bag uh, from the Panthers fan base. But I suspect he's going to be maybe the type of player that may unlock a couple other players and, and get more out of them than they're already bringing so far to. The, to the plate this year. Um, he gets points, he knows the league. So that's the key benefit. And we're seeing a lot, especially with coaches, but players, if they know the league, they're going to do well. Valorand, who's had a fantastic start for the Steelers, knows the league. So he that's knew what... To in the elite league right now. He is, but he, a season under his belt of Coventry, so he knew the league, knew what to expect. And you see so many imports with resumes that you think is going to be fantastic, is going to, that player's going to tear the league apart. And they're gone by October, November because they just don't get and don't appreciate actually just how tough the league is. So it, it's not the all singing, all dancing signing that Panthers of old are used to. I suspect this could be one that maybe everyone will go, why do we think it was good at the time? I think this could actually be a, a bit of a, a blessing signing for the Panthers. Um, and you know, just may help them uh, turn their fortune around. You know, I, I see, like I said, I, th- I see him being that player that's going to unlock a few players and, and get them a few more points and a few more goals. I think that's how we, where he's going to contribute um, to the Panthers. Yeah, no, he's not going to change the world in Nottingham. Is it's one guy, but as we say, I mean, Tronchinsky and Kuka managed to sh- shake things up and uh, 
get a big change going on in Sheffield, so maybe they get another body in to replace um, Loizo, and then obviously they've got Hansen in to replace um, Jacobs, and maybe they can get a couple of guys just to unlock that. I feel like they need a bit more of a, an established goal scorer. Um, as we say, 25 points in 23 games is nothing to turn your nose up to. I suspect, as you say, it's because he was playing on a line with Ben Lake or Nicky Forrock, or he was, you know, he was feeding them. It was six goals, 19 assists. The issue right now in Nottingham is they don't seem to have a lot of goal scorers to assist. Um, if they can bring in a big guy to come and take over that second forward role, not necessarily big physicality-wise, but a big guy that can sit on that first line, inject some life into the team. You know, they're not going to be going in the right direction. If I was a Panthers fan, the one positive that I would be taking from it is you've got two forward slots got um, open. One of them's just been taken up and, and they know that they have to do something to change. That's the key thing. They're not sitting on it and going, oh, it's all right, we'll come good. They've gone, right, this isn't good enough. They've got rid of Jacobs. Obviously, Loiso's left because he's retiring. Right, guys, we need a change. And that's that proactivity to me has got to be the positive you take if you're a Nottingham fan. Because, I mean, we know what it was like. Dave and Andy, we know what it was like. Gref, you're a Manchester fan, so you don't make playoffs. Um, but we know what it was like <laughs> last year. Um, you know, it, it hurts. It's, it's, it does hurt to sit at this point of the season, know you've got a full season in front of you, and know how poorly you're going to do in that season. We were all sat there last season, and I think, well, I think we sat there in October wishing it was March. Like, it was just... Well, at one point we were thinking, painful. realistically, could we actually make the final eight, yeah. never mind the final four? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was painful. So, you know, in that respect, I empathise. I don't sympathise because I'm a Steelers fan. <laughs> so I'm not going to sympathise with the Panthers. But um, I empathise with that, and I think that's the point. sure about that, Panther Joe? Yes. Yeah, I knew you were going to chime in there. <laughs> Just get back in your box. Wait, let's, no Panther Joe. Let's leave that. Um, he, he will do later on tonight. Well, um, but no, that, I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's the thing for me. You've got to take the positives of that. I'd say the, the proactivity of, of Doucette and Wallace. I just, I, the only thing I question is, and I, we said it last week, why are they not lacing up? I really don't understand it. You've, you've just got a weekend. You've had a bad start to the season, and then you've got a weekend of two games. Hard games, Guildford... You know, we know how strong a team Guildford are, and then Fife, we know how pesky a team Fife can be, and yet you're going into their two men down when your GM and your coach are both in their first season of not playing, and both actually very capable hockey players. I just don't, I, I just don't get it. That's the only thing I'd be asking if I was a Panthers fan would be why are they not lacing up? Certainly, you just said. I mean. I think he put up. I think he was one or two points short of putting up a point per game in 100 plus games in the elite league or something daft like that. Why would why would he not lace up if the team needs him? I, I, I don't that's get a, it. That's the one. That. Um, anyway, unless anybody's got anything else to add on the arrivals of departure zone, I'm going to throw it over to the Jedi that is Dave. Um, I've decided now you're not asking where you're a Jedi. Um, I might take a screenshot and post it on Twitter just to show everybody what you're looking like today. Um, just because no, it's not going to make sense for me calling you a Jedi if nobody can see. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get, I'll get oh, yeah. the photo and I'll, I'll put it on the Twitter account. Yes. It's fine. 
That's fine. Um, so, yeah, Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you for your favourite moment. You've already had your little... Taster session. Your little taster, kind of, oh, let's get a little bit excited for what's to come. Um, yeah, hit it, go, THL. So... We're all just going to go for a drink and then come back in about half an hour. Well, you know... Uh, mine's a Diet Coke. So this week was the final round of, of group games, and as of Tuesday, there was still 10 spots to claim. Um, probably the closest we've had, we mentioned last week, the closest we've had um, the CHL group stage um, in its new format instead of the old. So I'll quickly go through the results. Um, Pilsen in a shootout beats Zug. Uh, Karapat beats Skeleftia on a shootout. Uh, Pelicans beat Yunus Minsk on a shootout. If you haven't seen, watch the shootout for that game alone for the one goal from the Pelicans. Wow. Just leave it at that. Uh, then we get a regulation result. Uh, Fargistad beat Red Bull Munich 3-1. Uh, one yeah. involving the Giants. Uh, Lulia uh, beat them 4-0. Vienna got revenge for the week before, beating Tichy 5-2. Uh, Mannheim got revenge on Dugard and beat them 2-1. Rungstead got their first ever victory in the CHL, uh, beating Harmin Lina 3-1. Uh, Grenoble lost to Bern 3-1. Uh, Lausanne beats uh, Trinec 5-3. Bielbien beat Joe's favorite, one of Joe's favourite teams, Klagenfurt 4-2. Uh, Cardiff... Crying bra- face emoji. Cardiff bravely lost, uh, and I mean that sincerely, this is not a mick, uh, a mick take on the front scoring. Bravely lost to Frelunda 9-2. Mountfield beat Gratz 7-1. Tapra beat Friskaska 7-3. Osberger uh, beat Liberec 3-2, which knocked Liberec out. And Andy Piotr beat Banske Bistrika 4-3. And that game as well, the Michigan move was pulled off to perfection. Again, look at the highlights there. So... What does that leave for the group stage? So Please tell us, Dave. I think I will do. Um, <laughs> group A, Bielbien and Tapara go through. Uh, group B, we knew that Zug and Pilsen were already through. Group C, with uh, Belfast, Lulia and Osberger. Uh, group D, Lausanne and Yunos Minsk go through to the, the round of 16. So congratulations to Yunos, the first Belarus team to make the knockout stage. Uh, group E, Skeleftia and uh, Berm. Group F, Mannheim and Dugarden. Group G, uh, Munich and Fargistad. Group H, Frölunda and Mountfield. I won't, I'm, I'm assuming now Mountfield's owner is bothered about the CHL now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume. Um, only rumours. Is it 7-1 they beat Graz? Yeah, 7-1. Um, so, draws tomorrow, or later on today as we speak. Um, Out of a Morrison's carry bag. No, um, M&S. M&S. Oh, no, sorry, CHL isn't it? It's European. It's going to be 7 11. Yeah, it'll be 7 11, yeah. Um, <laughs> Finnish footballer Sammy Hippier is um, doing the draw. Um, well known Liverpool player. I'm sure Griff will appreciate that one. Um, so, for those who are unaware, group winners uh, drawn against runners up. Now, just a quick stat. Um, in terms of which country is producing the, the 16, um, which I, as sad as it is, I find interesting. Germany have got four, team, four teams in the, uh, the round 16. So uh, Sweden, Switzerland have got four. Then Finland only got one out of their uh, allocation. They're in the, the, the next stage. The Czech Republic got two, and obviously Belarus have got one. Um, so, yeah, that draws tomorrow. 
Um, the only rule um, is that you can't play the team that was in the group with you, but you can now play the same team from the same country. So potentially, um, Mannerheim could be drawn against Osberger, uh, Frölunda could be drawn against Degarden, um, so on and so forth. So there's, there's potential for some really good um, ties in the next round. Dave, you know when you talk about the CHL, it's a little bit like the start of Star Wars. Do you know when they have all those words that go up the screen? It's just like <laughs> in a hockey tournament far, far away. Do you know what that was? Just amazing. it seeing you dressed as Jedi, saying in a hockey tournament far, far away. <laughs> this week's episode. Um, and in fact, I think you might have just named episode forty-six as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, there's not really a lot I can add. I have, I have to admit, I haven't actually seen a Michigan move. So, I've got a funny fact for you about that that, that move. Uh, in a Pelicans Bansky Bistriga game, the winning penalty shot uh, for Pelicans was te- their time that that Pelicans playing in in Finland is called Lati, and the player who scored that amazing goal, his surname is Latinen. He's basically got the same. The same surname as a town that is playing in with his current team, Pelicans. Well. That's a little fact for you. Oh, thank you. Stafford Stats, coming to you live. <laughs> he's trying to move away from Stafford's stories. Oh, yeah. Stafford Stats. Yes, he's not getting enough yeah. stories, so he's just moving it slowly away. <laughs> um, any, Griff, anything to add on the CHL? Not really, no. I mean... Carapat almost hey, you put your hand You've had your say in the skill. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> Carapat almost went through, but with 30 seconds left, Skilathia scored. And they were hoping Burn would lose them, but obviously Burn won their game. So that group was three tied on 11 points. Do you know the, th- the thing that does me with this is it was, was the Frölunda Cardiff game when Frölunda just gave Cardiff that little ounce of hope. It was like, oh, one nil, one nil Frölunda, end of the first period. Oh, okay, one one, oh, three two, oh, and then all of a sudden six unanswered goals, just just like that, just at the top draw. There we go, Bosch. And that was the game I wanted to just touch on and kind of finish and it. And- when people say, why do British teams enter the CHL? You know, we can't win it, so what's the point? Playing teams I, like I that... I don't hear you say that, Dave. It's just a... It's just a, uh, just a but there are more people seeing that. On the podcast. So, so I, I, I spoke to a friend who went to the game, and, and his first words, because I asked him, you know, how, how much in second gear did they stay in? And it's like, it didn't matter, that was just wow. All he said in this group was just wow. How good was this? Wow. They were just something else. Um, and you know, to, you know, there's no shame Cardiff losing to that scoreline. Um, either the week because it was the same scoreline in in Gothenburg, no shame in it whatsoever. Me and Andy have seen us lose of a similar nature in that building. Um, when, when what you get was to- the final score in, in Sheffield, though? Because I'm sure it was four-one. I know Craig said it was five-two on Twitter the other day, but I'm sure it was four-one. It was. I, 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 I thought it was four two, but I got confused with the Yvesky of the game. And I, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four one. Five four or five one. Um but you know, to lose That wasn't team, said as a comparison, by the way, that was just an interesting You know, to 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 play up against teams with that 
type of player with that type of skill set to say, you know what, you watched your team against these quality hockey teams and players. You know, if every, every time, every, every group stage, we will get this exhibit A, why you want to be in the tournament. Cardiff is exhibit A to see and get the chance to, you know, play up against. And, you know, their fans got, um, was well praised by uh, the head coach of Falunda. So, you know, Cardiff's, Cardiff's tournament, I think, Hold on, did he mention a specific part of the fan base in Cardiff or did he, they have to he release was, a statement? He was all-inclusive, but we'll come on to that later on in the podcast. Um, but compared to last year, because this is obviously his third year in the trot that Cardiff have been in the CHL, and the closest they've got to make him a knockout stage. And I think they've done better this year. They've got, obviously got the wins. Last year they were lucky with, no, with very little points, but they were only losing games by one or two goals. This year, to go into the last game, okay, against Frelunda, but having the chance in your own hands to make it, it's progression for, for Cardiff. Belfast, on the other hand, you know, that first taste of the CHL, and I know a few people um, are still, you know, they'd rather be in the Continental Cup because... It's a longer stretch of, of game time period in terms of a weekend. Um, and they had some great memories of, of the Continental Cup. But they had some, you know... They did do it right. Well, um, you know, the Liberate game, that will bear the memory of, of Belfast fans who were there. Um, the Osberger game, both home and away for the atmosphere and, and the, you know, the games themselves will be in the memory. And that's, you know, that's what they'll take from their first year because, like, Brayhead, as they were called at the time. Sheffield in that first year, that's what you take from the first year in the CHL. And when they go have a chance again, whatever that may be, the building blocks. Like with Cardiff, they've had the building blocks for three years. If somehow they get a fourth year on the trot, their aim will be to make it out of the group stage. So I think it's been a good um, entries from Brayhead. But as I said earlier on, I think we're going to have some good ties now. And we're going to see some good hockey moving into the final. In with, like I say, with the if Shrewsbury get Cardiff again, I wonder if they'll figure out the bench situation. Yeah, I did laugh at that. From the from put a tweet out saying, how, "How do you work out the, the double benches?" Because they couldn't, yeah, they, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't fathom out. Um, so yeah. Fair enough. Anything that anybody else has got to add that Dave has just mysteriously missed from the CHL? I don't really think there's anything. Um, no? Right, we'll move on. Sorry, Dave, CHL done for another week. Come back next week. Um, Sad emoji face. Wow, why are we suddenly on emoji faces? <laughs> you start this. Yeah, no, no, I know. That was but also aimed at myself as much as it was you. Um, <laughs> Right, this next thing, the next thing on the agenda is something I added to the agenda, and it, it could get controversial. I suspect we may all kind of be in a similar boat in what we're thinking, but it's definitely going to be controversial to what others are thinking. Ben O'Connor, the three initials that I hate seeing on Steelers Orange Army pages and stuff like that now, BOC, because every single time you can guarantee somebody's going to get a two-penny thin that he's not a good enough player, and it's starting to work me a little bit now. So I just thought, why not bring it up on a podcast that people listen to? Ben O'Connor, go. What do we think? Ben O'Connor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ben, ben O'Connor. What can we say? 
Everyone knows his skill sets. Everyone knows the quality player he is. But everyone knows the that. The Korean goalie definitely knows his skill set. Sorry? The Korean goalie definitely knows his skill set. The skills, Korean though. goalie, the Italian, Italian goalie. Was it was it Bernard? Yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. Andreas Bernard. Yeah. Five hole, the whip for the River Danube. Um, everyone knows what Ben O'Connor can do. Everyone knows what he can bring to the table. But everyone, you know, everyone knows also that he does make mistakes. He does cough the puck up a bit. Now, this year, I think even he did admit that he's not had the strongest of starts. It's unlike Ben O'Connor to go nine games and then score his, without scoring his first goal. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, oh, he's a defender. He should defend first. I think, me personally, when people say that, I think it's partially, not fully, but partially the lack of understanding of what he brings his overall game to the table. And people say he's overrated, and he's and, and some people say, oh, he's only in because of a surname, because obviously his father's uh, legacy at the club from his previous, when he used to play. I... He's, he's had he's, he's had a, a start of the season which he'll admit, as I mentioned, in, that he knows he can do better. He's starting to turn it around. He's starting to be a bit more the Ben O'Connor that we know that can produce goals, can produce assists, makes the play, and if, you know makes defensive plays. I mean, we saw a, a couple of the weekend gone and last night, some you know very sturdy um, stuff. Now, yes, he's going to make mistakes, but which hockey player doesn't make mistakes? I know all four of us do it in our own beer league manner, but hockey players make mistakes. You know? Grass make mistakes, he ends clubs. That's, a, that's, that's, that's one for Stafford's story, that, for another yeah. podcast. Um, it's like. Greff to BH UK is like um, like Thanos from the Avengers, it's just like. And all of a sudden, the team just fades. <laughs> 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 so much since a little time um, and I just think if I'm honest with you I think this year I think a certain selection of, of in, in Sheffield at least they needed to replace Paul Thompson they needed to replace in respect of their venom they needed to replace a new, had to, they needed a new target step forward Ben O'Connor is some of it justified? Compared to other players, his start partially. The length of it's been no. He will come good. He will do well. He will produce the goods that everyone knows Ben O'Connor can do. You know, it'll, it'll happen. You know, the the, the, t- the problem is last year, any mistakes or any poor player was masked. By a collective of players that it, it just didn't work. It's the same uh, reason that people are now saying, why is Deluca being quiet? Deluca's being quiet because the rest of the team is now at a similar level rather than last year where Deluca was head and shoulders above the rest. And that's not saying Deluca's actually playing poorly. I mean, I know that weren't no, no, what, yeah, you're, I know that what you're saying. It's, it's that same level of, you know, everyone's moved up a gear. So, uh, you know, for those who are just, you know, the board of not slagging off Thompson every five seconds, uh, ten seconds or whatever, you know, just just give yourself five, give yourself five steps. Just watch the game. Just enjoy the skilled hockey player that he is. And then some will go on the internet. Yeah, and, one of that is not Paul Thompson. Apparently, he was a good player in his time. I don't know. Um, way before my time, I've been watching the game. Um, you know, 
and, and some people will go on social media and, and, and snipe and chirp and whatnot, and they'll have the reasons that, of course, they're entitled to just watch the hockey, watch the player, watch the skill that he does have. You know, when a hockey player can produce that penalty shot, you mentioned the Korean game. That's not... If that was so easy to do, everyone would do it. It takes a combination of skill and balls to to do it, especially in that scenario, but it takes a level of skill. And I think we just need to... I think, collective, I think, you know, let him turn it around, let him carry on. Let him get back into the groove and let him show what everyone knows we already has. He just needs to demonstrate more. He's starting to. But I think fans just need to give themselves a couple of steps back. Just, you know, a bit of patience. I know hockey fans don't tend to have that much, but I think this is one where collectively a bit of patience is needed. See, when you said the initials BLC, I thought you were going to go into like a, a biscuit or something like Bourbons over custard creams. I was going to say, that's probably one up for debate on... Would that not be B-O-C-C? Well, you know, people can't spell properly normally on forums. So we're just presuming custard creams is going to be hyphenated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does anybody else feel like this is just Greff's really artificial way of trying to spark another poll? <laughs> of course, yeah. Wow. Could have been Bourbon's over cookies. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Oh. Bourbon's over crackers. Exactly. Well, I mean, I've said Bourbon's off. over crackers. That's like that's like that's like saying cake over spinach. Bourbon's over crackers. What? Okay, maybe a bit of a bad example. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but to get down on the actual hockey sense, Which move away from the better on the ice, bourbons or custard, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you'd have to try it out. No, that'd be a waste of a bourbon or a custard cream, wouldn't it? I think cookies are smoother, so we're different cookies. Oh. Uh, possibly. But yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get back on track. <laughs> With Ben O'Connor as a player, he he is bit, pretty much like a a big a big game player. Technically, you could say with some GB games, he is a like he'll have a terrible few games, and then the actual game where we need him to play well, he'll be he'll play out of his skin. I mean, when you guys run a rough patch last. Well, for most of last season. I mean, not that we were any good either. But when he first came back, who scores the overtime winner? Ben O'Connor. He was probably your top point scorer last season as well. I mean... Certainly one of. Yeah, definitely one of. He... Like you said, all players are there off games. It happens in wreck teams, Bay League, all the way up to the NHL. I mean, you had like, what was it, Stephen Gomez that went how long without a goal? There was even a website about it saying, has he scored a goal yet? Nope. Just give him some time and it, 
he'll no doubt get in the stride that he's normally used to being in. The one that got him a contract in the KHL before, obviously, they said the new Roman she said no. Or the contracts that he got for the Al Svenska. He's yeah. had a very sorry. sorry no, no. He's had a very very rocky start, but he's not the only one. He's not the first. He's not the first player. And he won't be the last player to have one. I think every, a lot of players in this league have, have had a pretty much in their own sort of standards a rocky start. It's just that his rocky start came at a point where you know he, he's still one of our best team men. And I think had things been a bit tight, bit, bit tight at the back, it wouldn't have mattered as much as probably what it might have been. But now that we've got, you know, we've got Tranchinsky, we've got Cooker, we've got some really good players in at the back end now that have steadied things over. And I think that's going to bring a lot of calmness to touch the on this game. And it's like I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, as soon as he gets his first goal and he got his first goal Wednesday night against Fife yeah it was an empty netter but not many players will be able to, to gain the net from as far back in his own defensive zone as he was so it, it was a nice goal to get it didn't even have full control of the puck either though no he didn't it was a moving puck and it was a snapshot to the other end of the ice into the middle of the net yeah exactly but now he's got his goal I think soon enough we're going to see that Norman Ben O'Connor the one that we all know and love. I, I think we'll see him come back very soon. I just think the argument... I, I admit, I think the arguments against him are daft. I think for a start, people saying we need to get rid of him are, are deluded. I really do. I'll, I'll go as strongly as saying that. You tell me one player that we're going to bring in to replace Ben O'Connor. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's not like we're getting rid of Kuka, Tronchinski... Anybody else, you look at 90% of the rest of the D-men, it's not like you're getting rid of them. You were talking top British D-man, yeah? This season so far, Ben O'Connor's played nine games in the Elite League and it's plus minus of plus six. That's not all that bad for the amount of people that are slating him. Oh, he's cost us goals. Well, he's been on the ice for six more goals for than he has been against. Yes, he scored an empty net goal. Yes, it was a good goal behind his own blue, behind his own goal line. Forget that. Tanner Eberle's goal, the goal that was absolutely fantastic, was made by a superb stretch pass. Ben O'Connor. Tanner Eberle's goal in fifth over the weekend. Stretch pass. Ben O'Connor. Every single time you see a play set up like that, you can pretty much guarantee, before I even saw that play, before I even saw who it was, before I even said who was involved in that play, I turned around to my dad and I said, "That was, I bet you that was Ben O'Connor that made that pass. There's not many other people in the league that would make a stretch pass that precise, take the tape and, and execute it so clinically. The problem with Ben is, his game's so high risk it's, it's high risk, high, high reward. And as a D-man, we start to see the ill effects of that more than we would do for a forward who plays with a similar calibre. It's not necessarily to say that Ben O'Connor should then become a forward rather than a D-man. But what it is to say is, yeah, he's going to make a mistake. Yes, sometimes that's going to result in a breakaway or a goal against. David Phillips makes mistakes. No, Aaron Brocklehurst makes mistakes. From what I saw over the, yesterday, I thought Aaron Brocklehurst had the worst game in a Steelers jersey this year. 
it, it happens. Everybody has a bad game. Everybody makes a bad play. All it takes is mishandling a puck. And that's it. But it just baffles me that there's such an army against him at the moment of people that every single time anything happens, it's, oh, that was bad, but Ben O'Connor, he should go. Come back and tell me who you're going to replace him with, and then we'll talk. The bit that irritated me even more than that is the fact I have no issues with anybody who has the opinion that he's not a good player, that he's not as good a player. Make your argument, fine. If you want to say he's a liability because of the turnovers, fine. If you want to say he costs us more goals than he gets us, fine. Statistically not, but fine. The people that really irritate me are the people that say, oh, he's rubbish because he costs us all those goals. And they can't admit when he does something good. If you've got, an, if you've got your opinion that he's not a good player, you're completely working against your own opinion by then saying, oh, yeah, but that goal was an empty net goal. From his own end of the ice with a one-time snapshot. Let's look at that realistically. He had the best game that he's had all season. Hardly put a foot wrong all game yesterday. And yet, people aren't willing to step and say, actually, he played well yesterday. It's just, no, he can't play well. He can't play well. He's a liability. I just I just think if you start going down that line, you're just talking about it. There's no discussion there for people like that. And that's that's what irritates me. Um, and then the argument, I can't remember who said it, one of you guys said that one of the arguments that comes up is he's a D-man and his job isn't to score a goal. Top two D-men, top D-men in the Elite League over the last five years, Andrew Hoffman, Gleason Fournier, both of them scored goals. Both of them offensive D-men. Guarantee you that there is not going to be a defensive D-man who doesn't score goals as the top D-man in the Elite League in the next 10 years. It's not going to happen. Bottom line. That is my rant over. Um, I'm have a cookie crumbles. That is... The <laughs> <laughs> man possessed. What is this? <laughs> cookie or bourbon, though? A bourbon cookie? Ooh. No, I meant more. Is it how the bourbon comes out? No, but it's just imagine the concept. Well, uh, wouldn't it just be basically like an Oreo? Who cares? It'd be nice. <laughs> you, got, you got no argument from me there. I honestly got no argument. Um, aside from bourbons and custard creams and Oreos, um, do we have anything else to add on Ben O'Connor? That's the other thing that BOC could stand for, isn't it? Bourbons, Oreos, or cookies. That would be B-O-O-C. Yeah, but or isn't often... Do you know, like, you have the abbreviations. You don't often include, like, or or and, do you? Hmm. Um, well. get, with, get with the Halloween spirit. Bourbons, cookies. Bourbons, Oreos, cookies. Oh, my. Oh, what? Oh, my. You say it all in a, a good Halloween sense. I'm just. I, gonna, I, you know I, I see where you're going with that, Griff. Bizarrely, I see where you're going. This is a hockey podcast. Why are we talking about cookies? This is a hockey podcast that we've done polls about like to eat. sausage rolls and other foods. That is not the argument we're having. And given that all four of us do like our food, evidently, yeah. I've got one: beef or chicken. Well, well, well. We're talking cookies and biscuits here. Let's not bring food, other food into this equation. <laughs> 
It depends if you like the players. Time and a place for that type of talk, and tonight isn't that time. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that. Um, Andrew Lord is the next thing on the agenda. Let's move swiftly onto that. Um, Dave, I think it was you who brought oh, Andrew Lord up. Yes, let's talk about Andrew Lord. And let's not talk about what he brought to the Devils in terms of the silverware and everything else. Let's talk about what he put out last Friday. Because obviously last Thursday, uh, Cardiff beat Dundee. A bit of a high-scoring game. Was it like 8-6 or something like that? Yep. All you, so in fairness, if you're a 14-goal game, you're going to talk to you, that's a bit of a good goal-scoring game. You know, defence was AWOL, but do you know what? We're entertained. No, that weren't the talk. The talk was from, some, from a fair few fans was about the fact that Andrew Lord's team, the Devils, they went to Block 13, which is this new standing block that they're trialling to energise the atmosphere in that building. And they went to them and not to everyone. Or they went to everyone and then went to them again. And the talk was... I had just gobsmacked of people going, oh, they must think that they're more important fans than us. Or, I, you know, I've been watching this team for so and so long. Right. Cards on the table, Cardiff fans, and if you don't like it, I'm going to be blunt, tough. Remember where you guys were five, six years ago, the tent? And you weren't where you are now. You were sadly slipping down the ranks and you were just fighting to make the playoffs. You weren't even dreaming of making um, the Elite League being the, the home at your place, the minus the CHL European competition. You weren't anywhere. Now, you're one of the big, one of the big players, Paul, just to put my teeth in. What that does come, and what you have to handle, and learn how to handle, is that you, is the humility. No team has entitlement. Now, people listen to us, well, how can Sheffield people talk? The squealers are arrogant all the years. Do you know what, guys and girls? We wrote the book on this, and when we talk about it, when we call people out for it, it's called experience. So please listen. Remember where you guys were. Remember what, learn where you are now. You've got a great venue. You've got ownership that invests into your team. You've got a structure, Kelman, who, you know, brings a lot to the club. Lord is doing a lot of good stuff. And people do talk that he could move onwards to bigger and better things. That's some people may joke about the HL or whatnot. But you know what? He, he's doing a lot of good. And his CV as a coach representative looks good in terms of what he's winning. I think a number of Cardiff fans need to give their heads a shake if they think that after going around the rink once and then just going to the standing block to say thank you again is something to be offended by. Give your head a shake. Think that, you know what, who cares? Entitlement you don't have. Be appreciative of the fact that, you know what, a bunch of your fans want to make an atmosphere. I've watched a couple of games in that ring, and you know, apart from the clappers, you've no atmosphere. So a block of your fans want to make atmosphere. Do you know what? Fair play to them. You know, we could joke about it every so often, but they're wanting to put the effort in. They're wanting to put the hard yards in. Yeah, they've got one song they could do with more songs, but do you know what? Rome weren't built in a day. They well, need to... They need to need more than one song, though. They need one song, but do you know what? I think it'll happen. Well, I hope to God it'll happen. Take a step back, give your head to shake, and just, you know what? Start, you know, why did why wind you buy it? You know, you're all the, you know, of all teams that go over the top to thank their fans, to involve them as a one big piece of the puzzle. 
Gratz away was the example of those who were looking to go there. It's the Cardiff Devils. They include everybody. That is, you know, probably the most inclusive where they involve everybody. So for some of their fans to start whining about it, I'll just give you heads a check. And, and, and seriously, just, you know, don't whinge about it, for goodness sake. I asked a couple of people I knew were at the game, and, they, and yeah, they thanked everybody. So they went to a block again. Boo-hoo. You was thanked. You know, teams in, in some leagues in Europe don't even thank the fans. Now, I'm not saying that... Especially in the NHL. NHL don't thank the fans. Only the home teams do with a win. Sometimes they do it in the last Yeah, minute. yeah, yeah. It's a miss. Fans are thanked. Cardiff fans are thanked. Cardiff fans are appreciated more, maybe because of numbers, and that's not a knock, maybe more than any other team in the Elite League. So for their, some of their fans start whinging because they went to another block because they're making noise. Now, their, their fan, fandom isn't more appreciated, guys and girls. You see it in other big leagues in Europe where they've got stand sections. They go there to generate more noise. The, the players will go out to generate, and that's what happens. Do a bit of research, a bit of education. Just be, just be respectful for the fact that, guys, you, you know, you, you, you've got now people that want to make an atmosphere in your building. And if you're going to start crying and whinge about it because, oh, they didn't thank you again, then I, I, I think there's a problem there. Now, I'm not saying that that's all Cardiff fans, but I just saw too many. For, for Andrew Lord to start saying, We're, we are an inclusive, we appreciate everything. Why does he have to do that? Honestly, I reckon I'm just like, I'm shaking my thing. What on earth are you doing, Andrew? You don't have to say anything at all, if I'm honest. Fair play to him. Articulate, spot on. He, had, he didn't even need to do that. There was no point for him to do it, because I think some fans just need to realise that you are appreciated, you are respected. So his attitude of entitlement, just shove it in the bin. Shove it in as soon as you can, and just re-energise re, re and rethink itself what you had, what you were before, to what you are now. Bit of gratitude, but just a bit of remembrance to what you know kind of were. You've won a couple of the titles over three years, and now you think you know you should be thanked on a gold platter. Well, no, don't happen, guys and girls. Of all things I've seen in the elite league of the last years, that has really wound me up the most. I think. And the key word is triggered. Do you know what's beyond triggered? If I'm honest with you, beyond triggered. I think I may have sent a, a text to Joe when I, when I was like, have you seen this? And I don't think there were many English words. I think a lot of asterisks would have been used if it was shown in public. Because I was just like, nah, what is this all about? I don't think I've seen anyone so triggered about something in Cardiff since bowling. <laughs> but all that aside, I mean, reading it, I laughed and thought, why on earth do you act that team? make that kind of a statement it's just stupidity from those t- those people that were complaining oh yeah they went over to another block so what players switch ends players switch teams players go over to different ends to at the end of the game just ask Dane Byers some teams swap sides after handshakes yeah, that's what I said. Just ask Bizer. Fine. <laughs> Just get over it. Build the bridge. I have not heard that sentence for ages. Yeah, there's not a, a, a lot else I can really say on that. 
apart from just uh, there's no need to even voice it or, or even bring it up because every fan knows that that they're, they're respected by the players, the coaches, and and the whole staff of the team. They show it every time, and even if it's just once or twice, it doesn't matter. You know, once once is once is enough. You know, and a fair few times certainly this season when in Sheffield where players have, have, have done the eddy, they've tended to clap to one side of the arena or, 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 or tap the glass and then go straight into the middle and do the celebration at centre right. They've completely missed out the, the other section of the arena but then complain about it. It's, it's yes. a similar sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, anyway. You've now put ideas in the heads. Oh no, how dare I. Plant the seed. <laughs> I don't know, Anna. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just no need for it, you know. Just, just beg his belief. There's, there's no need to even... Fair play to Lord, as, as Dave said, but there's, there's no need for him to have done anything like that because there's no need for it. Every fan knows that the respect's bad about the players and the team. So, just don't understand it. What do you honestly think was going through Lord's head when he's going to draft that statement? I mean, he's got to have been thinking, what the hell am I doing? I've led this team to multiple league titles, nearly nearly led them to a triple, playoff titles, success in the CHL, wins in the CHL, and then I'm having to apologise because the players went over to one block. I think he's also the most successful coach in terms yeah. of bringing... Yeah, I... I'd love to. I'd love to know what his thoughts were. Hey, I'm going to guess the social media manager's probably got uh, Andrew. You've put an F word here, there, there, there. A C word there. We can't do that. Would <laughs> <laughs> like to redraft, Andrew? <laughs> uh, Mr. Lord, this is draft 36, and you still not. You still need to take some words out. I can imagine that. And that's not saying that he'd be abusive to his fans. I just the whole stupidity, and that is what it is—the stupidity of people complaining—would have led to that. Andrew, we've decided that we can't air this statement because it won't show up for anybody that has their moderate safe search filter turned on. <laughs> just, I honestly just, I just, I just, tell, I, tell him how you really feel. <laughs> I, I really just don't believe it. I, I am honestly, I am honestly baffled. Um, I actually. I saw the statement as well. I mean, Jess showed me the statement as well. And she she looked at me and went, what's going on in Cardiff? And I said, what do you mean? And she read the statement to me just as it had come out. And I said, and I, I kind of stopped and I had to kind of go, oh, it's, it's because Cardiff players went over to block 13 or whatever it is, the loud block. And then all the other fans were a little bit hurt about that. And she just said, are you being serious? They've released a statement because of that. I was like, yep, this is this is the madness that is British hockey now. Just we, we talk about people having their opinions. We talk about people getting offended because they're not allowed to have their opinions. And now it's, oh, that player didn't clap at me. So what happens now? We just, I, 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 I just don't know. I'm really lost for words. Um Maybe it's not long enough to like a tweet. Maybe they may maybe plays you to do more. I don't know. Do you know what the thing that but the thing that gets me the most is everybody knows that the atmosphere drives the players at times. You look at like the challenge, you, challenge goal, the playoff final against Cardiff that went into multiple overtimes when Nelson scored, and every player that interviewed afterwards said 
You know, and you could tell every single time we had a face off in front of the Steelers block, the entire Steelers block erupted. At times, it was literally just our players in front of us and every single Steelers fan in the building stood up and just applauded. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. at times, it wasn't even a chant. It was just everybody getting behind the team. And that was like us having a sixth man on the ice at times. You could see the way that that drove the team when they were in front of the block. And players commented on that afterwards and said how much of a help that was when they were all battered, bruised and knackered. And I just think, you know, it's, it's obvious at times that having that kind of atmosphere and not just playing to a silent arena of fans talking about the stamp collection, that that's going to give some kind of drive for the players. So, of course, they're going to show appreciation to the people that have decided to do that. Why didn't? And also, it's a new initiative from the club. It's a new initiative from the club to say, right, we want to replicate what we've seen in Europe. This is what we're going to do. So is it any surprise then that the club are going to acknowledge the fact that that's successful and that it's actually worked? I, I, he's, I, Andy, beggar's belief, I completely believe, agree with you. I just, I, I can't believe that we're sat on a hockey podcast talking about the fact that people have had to apologise because one fan, one set of fans were thanked more than others. It's brilliant. What are we expecting now? Andrew Lord to personally send a thank you card to every season ticket holder, everybody who buys a ticket. Stupid. With a selfie. With a, with a Delphi. <laughs> um, does anybody else, does anybody have anything else to add on this? Because again, I feel like it's one that we could do to death. I, I think I'm done on that one. Hey, are you sure you don't want to add anything else? Sure. <laughs> I'm I'm I, I may save it for another time. <laughs> we look forward to that. Um, the last thing that I've, well, other than predictions and the obvious, the last thing that I've got on the agenda is Dops. A moment that I'm sure we're all itching to talk about, Greth. I'm going to throw this over to you. What do you want to talk about Dops? Because last time we had something like this about Manchester, us three could just see you squirming really like uncomfortably about talking badly about Manchester. So go for it. That's nah, fine. I mean, is the captain of the team, Dallas Earhart, gets got a two-game suspension for abuse of official. He let Bloodoff get ahead of him, did a blatant hook that everyone can see that's seen the video. And then, because it's 1 minute 30 left, commentary are only 1-0 up, so obviously we want to try and get back into the game, get the pop down to their end so we can bulge in. He gets frustrated. Ace full-on slap chats the puck right into the direction of the referee. As soon as he did it, I sent you guys a text, well, a message on our group chat saying, what on earth is he doing? That was stupid, and a lot of other words. It was just Did ridiculous. you about Cream? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and Jaffa Cake and other cakes. Bamberg. Bread cakes? Bamberg. Yeah, but, but as, as Griff said, just the captain as well, you, you wouldn't expect 
that sort of behaviour from him is he's, a, he's supposed to be a leader and and yet he's just doing things like which is it's just idiotic to be honest and after he tries to put him in his direction almost hits blood off in the in the in the face with his, with his stick he's just silly he knows he's he knows he's done wrong he's absolutely a 100% obvious hook and he just has a, has a right paddy about it and there's no need for it. So I can really say to you. Um. Yeah. You, you said you you don't expect that from your leader, but when your leader is Dallas Earhart, yeah, you do. He's demonstrated not maybe shooting pucks, but the mildness, the uh, the um, petulant behaviour. Yeah, you do expect it. He's uh, worse than facial hair. Sorry. <laughs> A temper just as bad as his facial hair. Oh yeah, massive. <laughs> um, you know he's carrying on the fine tradition of storm captains who are petulant people. So um, at least he gained some consistency from the player. Um, in terms of what Dop delivered, yeah, no, I've, I've no issue with that. Um, sends it sends a bit of a signal. That, you know, it's a bit of also protection to to the officials that we're not going to put up with that. You're going to sit down. You know, learn the hard way. Miss games. Do you know what the thing that baffles me the most about this is some Storm fans are complaining about the call, saying it's ridiculous that he's got a ban. I just... I'm not being... They were like, oh, how bad do you think your shooting is? He was miles away from the referee. I, I think you're missing the point, to be perfectly honest. He's just taken the most blatant penalty of the game in the stupidest point of the game... And then thrown his toys out of the pram, regardless of whether he's actually aimed at that. I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us here actually watched that video and thought he slap shot at that puck with the intention to hit the referee. He slap shot at that puck in frustration, just as a, you know, that's the direction I slap shot at the puck. Nobody's saying that he's aiming to hit the referee between the eyes. But the point is. I mean, you look at you look at the description of abuse of official anyway. It's like a player attempting uses like the word usurp or something like that. It's like a player attempting to usurp the power of an authority of the referee. It, it genuinely is something like that. It used to be something like that, and, and I just think, regardless of anything else, the, the referee has made the easiest call of the game, and the captain has gone and done that. I think regardless of whether or not he's aimed that at the referee or hit that at the referee or whatever, it's stupid. Absolutely stupid. And just the fact that the referee was in the way just makes it even stupider. Um, I think Dops have, have hit the nail on the head. The other thing for me is, anybody complaining, saying, yeah, but he obviously wasn't aiming it at the referee. Do we really think that a player that aimed a pocket at a referee is only going to be looking there too much, man? If he'd have aimed that at the referee and hit the referee with the puck, he'd have been looking at considerably more than two matches. I think he'd be looking at a flight home. Exactly. So that's the other thing that just baffles me, just seeing people go, oh, yeah, well, do you really think he aimed it at him? No. That's why it's only two. (laughs) Like, honestly, what was I I get the fact. It's the red mist. I get everything. Everybody sees red. It's a frustrating game. You're down by a goal. It was a short-handed goal as well, wasn't it? They put them up. Yep. And it was blood off that got it as well. 
So, you know, you're chasing the guy, you've hooked him, you realise he's, he's he's drawn you into another stupid penalty after he's put them up short-handed, blah, blah, blah. You're frustrated, fine. I'm pretty sure he probably sat down in the penalty box and went, yeah, I've really screwed up there. But you can't really complain about it. Just unbelievable. I'm pretty sure, just to keep consistency, Dops have probably categorised it as careless. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I just beyond belief. I, I really, really, really baffled. That's the, the thing that baffles me more. As I say, I can kind of see what's led up to it. I can kind of, I can see the frustration. As a captain, you'd have kind of hoped that he took a step back and thought, okay, you know, let's not overreact. Instead, he's obviously just gone. Oh, I saw Rose will do this. Oh, oh, he's captain. That's all right. Um, he didn't took a stick. He didn't took a stick. That's true. He really hurt that curtain. Um, Could have been dangerous. That's been dangerous. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing for me. I just I, I think I can see what led up to it. I can see the frustrations. Yes, he should have known. But really, if if some fans think it's a it's a harsh call from harsh uh, ban two games. Good example. Uh, Wednesday night, Cole Shudra were already on the on the penalty kill. Sides once uh, once penalty was called. Side to fire the puck. Well, we're down the ice into the goal. A bit silly. But if that was it, the referee, he'd have got the exact same. But instead, put us on a five-on-three penalty kill. So. Well, it'd be worth highlighting that the five-on-three penalty kill wasn't because of shooting the puck in the net. I know, it, it was... But... He got a the, penalty the frustration from his hook... That, uh, there, uh, there was a second oh, penalty, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, the penalty... Well, Dowdy got a hook in, the penalty on Cole was for slashing... Right. But, but then shot it. No, Dowdy was the hook. It was, okay. it was one or the other. But well, the point Andy Mekin was is, is yeah. Is, well, yeah. I, I turned on to you straight away afterwards and said, I, I'm not being funny, but any referee would have been perfectly within the rights to call that for an unsportsmanlike yeah. no penalty. If there's a goalie in there, he's, on, he's, he's getting a 10 minute misconduct and his head caved in. So I just I, I, that baffled me. I just thought I don't understand why you would even. Yes, it would have probably been harsh to call a penalty on it, but why would you put yourself in that position of potentially being called? I'm going to throw this in as another as another topic. We're going we're going a bit improvised here, but we're talking about penalties. Cole getting a slashing penalty. What is it with the elite league this year with these stupid, useless, boring as anything slashing calls? It's really, really grinding my gears. To coin a phrase from Dave. Um, what was that? <laughs> Take your ringtone there, Joe. You get it recorded now. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I just can't. I turned out again. I turned out to Dave halfway through the game yesterday and said, "This is just getting boring now." It's every time there's a stick lift. It's every time a stick touches another stick or a, a glove. I, I think the first call yesterday was a slashing call, and the player had one hand on his stick. Like I just, it's hockey. The, 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 the elite league this year have given out more slashing calls than EA Sports have given out tripping calls. And anybody who plays the NHL games will know that's a big thing. Enough. We'll have less of that talk, uh, Joseph. Um, I do remember the beginning of the season that there was a bit of a um, I use the word spiel, but just uh, some about the the training camps that the officials had and the clampdown on 
the slashing and the hooking calls. I'd be interested to see just exactly what level the, the clampdown was because the vast amount of them would suggest that it's borderline to zero tolerance, um, which was um, experimented and some teams didn't like. Um, which, if that's the case... Boring. It, it, but it's boring to a point. It then also requires... And bear with when I say the following, it requires the players to also, if they've seen the referees calling everything in, in, in that respect, like they did last night, it's maybe switch on a bit more, play the referee. In terms of, right, he's not going to call that, he's, he's called this all the time, so we'll do something else. We'll play the game in a different fashion so we don't get called. Now, I'm with you now in respect to this every call. Thus why I wonder just how much they have been, how severe degree of you clamp down on was the officials advising guidance at the beginning of the season. Because it would suggest that he's borderline now zero tolerance. Yeah. Which if that's the case, fine. I wouldn't be saying it was a clampdown. I'd be saying, right, guys, and I'm making public is zero tolerance. Set the expectation of the fan base that actually now we're going to see a lot of this because this is what we're wanting. Because this slows down play and we want a faster game. And we're getting rid of the penalties that slows down the game. Fine, I'm not a problem in that desire of wanting that. But that don't come across when you're saying there's a clampdown. It reminds me of the NHL game pre-season last, last year, where it took like an hour and a half just to get through one period because there was so many slashing penalties. Yeah. And then the NHL came out and said, yeah, we've changed that rule now. Yeah, the NHL did it two, three years ago in pre-season, and it was, it was that, and it was face-off violations. Was it, was it, was it, we watched a game where I think, I want to say New Jersey was involved. Yeah. And it just went on and on and on. And it was face-off violations. It's uh, just mad. I, I get the need to clamp down on stuff. The other thing for me, though, with it is, you see some other things that just seem to have been let go this year. Late hits just seem to have been put back on the back burner again. They introduced this rule of late hits, what, last year? And all of a sudden now, they're not getting called again. So, to me, I'm kind of, to coin a phrase that I apparently say a lot, I'm kind of 50-50 with it. Because part of me is thinking, it's boring, it's slowing it's slowing the game down, it's, it's breaking momentum. Um, not that kind. <laughs> it's breaking momentum... <laughs> You know, it's not letting the game flow, and that's part of what I'm thinking. But then the other part of me is going, actually, they seem that hell-bent on trying to stop slashing. That we're end of, we've already had probably more fights this season than we had last season as a whole. Because they're that bothered about slashing calls, everything else just seems to go on the back burner. And it's, and it's not just the Elite League, it's the, it's the NHL as well. The NHL are doing it, where certain things are getting left, and then other things are getting clamped down on. And you just look at it and go, but you're just creating more issues for yourself. So as much, so as much as it irritates me that it happens at the time, it's going to create more fights. I am more than game for that. But I just, I just think it's boring. I, every single time some momentum started going in the game the other day, it just stopped because someone had put his hand up again because somebody had had a little one-handed tap on the glove. It's just that. Which would lead to... So, Jeff, go on. I was going to say, I think we need to like get a t-shirt with Joel's face on it with a speech bubble. I'm 50-50. Yeah, I'm 50-50 in that idea as well. 
Um, I think what you're saying there in terms of the example, Joe, I think that's definitely more zero tolerance. Literally anything bad. Yeah. And you see that a lot also at international level. Um, there's a lot more zero tolerance in terms of the slashing and hooking. Because it's all this drive to have a faster game, a speedy game. It's all about the skill and the speed, not the slow down, the clutch plays and, and all the old stuff from back in the 90s and the early noughties. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's something I want to throw in there because it's irritating me. But um, Anything else to add on that? Or are we good to move on to the next section, which is predictions. Gentlemen, Dave and I carried us last week. We got one wrong. One. We were seven out of eight. And we're, getting, got, we're getting a bit of a rep for this season to being the ones who are scoring the most week in, week out. It's true. I mean, Joel's used to it. Aww. You're quite used to that, Joe, aren't you? What? Scoring the most. Well, what can I say? Oh, how cute. See, this is why I like Gref. Gref's my favourite now, even if he did steal my highlight at the start. Um, yeah. I don't even know what I was going to say then. Um, yeah, we got uh, seven out of eight, correct. That's what you were saying. We got seven out of eight. Gref... Um, how many did you get? I've written it down somewhere. Gref, you got four <laughs> out of eight. Uh, Andy, you got six out of eight. The other one that you dropped to me a day was five versus Steelers on Saturday. You said five. Um, kind of didn't go to five. <laughs> so you were kind of off on that one. It's a very but, close um, game, though. Could have gone either way. Could have, yeah. yeah. Well, we put Will Curling in, and that could have really lost us the game. I we really went unofficial. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, there were many people that didn't realise that that was a fish. Um, I'm not going to name. Which they, they they should know by now. If, if they see you post anything on social media, nine out of ten times, there's a fishing rod next to you. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Um, this week's predictions, we have one game on Friday, Challenge Cup. The rest are league. Uh, we've got, what, four on Saturday, five on Sunday. So we'll go Friday, Manchester v Sheffield. Uh, Challenge Cup in Manchester. We'll go Gref, Andy, Dave, me. I wonder what Gref's going to say to this one. Well, obviously I'm going to go Manchester. That's a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) With the format Sheffield are in right now, I think they're going to continue it, so win for Sheffield. With the form they're in, and because you don't deserve points for that hideous jersey, Sheffield. Yep, agreed. Sheffield, agreed about the result, agreed about the jersey. I agree um, about the jersey. Good. I don't think you can disagree about the jersey. Um, <laughs> Saturday, Belfast, Manchester in Belfast. 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 <laughs> Belfast. And Belfast. Dundee, Coventry in Dundee. 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 Dundee again for me. Uh, Cardiff, Nottingham in Cardiff. Wonder what we're going to say on this one. Cardiff. Cardiff. They're going to do it for Block 13 and beyond. Cardiff. Yeah. 
Uh, I was just going to say, shall we just say it all together on three? Cardiff. Um, <laughs> Fife, Guildford in Kokodi. Guildford. Guildford. Ref trying to see if he could uh, bring himself to say five then. I'll say it, five. I'm going to go Guildford on that one as well. Um, Sunday, Steelers, Dundee in Sheffield. Again, good form. Home ice, Steelers. Steelers. Good form. No 80s part here. Steelers. Well, that's for Steelers again. Is it 90s? I wonder, nice if now with. I wonder if they'll do it right as Parter. Um, could do. Who knows? Um, what world? Nottingham, Cardiff in Nottingham. Cardiff. So we just all say it on three again. Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah. Like 13. 13's Barmy Armour. Belfast, Manchester in Belfast. Belfast. Belfast, yeah. Belfast. And Belfast. Glasgow, Coventry in Glasgow. 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 And Glasgow. Guildford uh, 5 in Guildford. 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 And Guildford. So, realistically, actually then, if... Fife beat Guildford on Saturday, then Dave by proxy wins because we've said the same for everything. <laughs> um, this is the point where we all end up getting like three right each. In the yeah. Um, Griff, are you, are you in Belfast this weekend for the O double header? I'm not, no. You're not? That's, that's maybe a good thing. I can also confirm I will not be in Belfast this weekend. I, I, I'm not in Belfast this weekend. You're in Blackpool. <laughs> Something like that. He's, he's taking Jess to the ball to the uh, the ballroom tower. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. yeah. Strictly specials on, but I got it a few weeks early. Because it wasn't Peter K though, right? Well, you know, there's always a chance. <laughs> I, think, I believe tickets are available, mate. Oh. Yeah, I bought them at breakfast. You should, you should try and stack some tickets on your phone. Yeah. Whilst we're on about Stafford uh, purchasing Peter K tickets for Strictly Come Dancing. Um, Andy, I believe you'll find it's time for the very popular segment that is Stafford Stories. And I'm really hoping, as my last podcast for two weeks, that you're not going to disappoint our our, our listeners. Um, okay, I, I've got a story. Some might know it. I'm not sure exactly how many. Uh, is it that the Cardiff players went to Block 13 and then everybody complained? How did you know that? Oh, buzzing. Got it right. Uh, uh, um, right. I went, I went demo then. Summer is here. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember his like year. It was like 2001, 2002. Uh, Steels were playing in Nottingham. Uh, they were without a goalie. And I think they contacted uh, then Young. Passed it right on him. And he came and played the Steelers. Was, was it a cup? I think it was a cup game or something. It was the Boxing Day um, game. It was at Christmas time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the drafting um, pass, pass right, I mean, sorry. And 
when he goes to meet to meet the coach, which was was it Blaisdell? It was, yes. Blaisdell. Uh, took his hand out of his pocket mm-hmm. and out fell some sweets. And he's it, it, a fairly large chap, and, and no credit to him. And all that. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think anyone would have known that he'd actually shot at the Panthers 2 0. Still nearly shut out. I believe it was two 0 That's what Dave 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 Sims said. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, so you just want to expect that from you know. But, but it's a fantastic goalie, and and it's 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those stories where I don't know how of it. I've I've just literally heard it a few years ago. So I've I've not I've not got a story apart from that. <laughs> I, I, I think it, he'd be impressed to be called a young Passy Reitling in the 2001-2003 season. It was around that period of time. Um, I remember he got drafted because we lost Dobson. Yeah. Um, and we needed a goalie. Bronsard weren't ready because he was in mid-contract. I think. And yeah, um, Passy Reitling, I think he actually shot him out 5-0. I think if it was five, I'm going to say five nil. So in my head, seven five nil, and then six one the night after. And I always remember that the one particular save was a Toronto breakout, Kadot and Yinman, and Ryan and just stonewalled the pair of them. Um, but uh, yes, a, uh, a good debt minder, a little bit on the Routon side. I think you were trying to say, um, but uh, you know. Been a good servant to the British game. He's played for a few yeah, teams, and he's uh, um, he's also, if you ever get the chance to, he's actually a good person to speak to. Um, very knowledgeable about the game. So um, that was that's a nice uh, blast, uh, blast from the past, there, Mater. Oh, it's one of those that's where I wish I was wondering where else. he was going with it for. <laughs> Yeah, I oh. had nothing else. I thought I was expecting. A, I, I remember the story. But I expected the other bit of that story, but I think we'll we'll save that for a live yeah. uh, version of the podcast because I'm not sure it's um, completely uh, appropriate. I, I was kind of waiting for some kind of link. Do you know, like at the end of every one so far through Stafford stories, it's been oh, and I wanted to know if you guys have got any examples. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for the what's going at the end. If you're asking for examples of I, do we have food before playing? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm multiple I'm, times see Dave coming out like a giant caramel slice from the cafe at Simply's Gate. It's not. It's not really caramel slice like a Viennese will. Oh, that was it. It was something like that. Yeah. Well, caramel slice or Viennese will? It could be another question. Yeah. Could be. It's not going to be, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody... No, we've, we've already got a question. Shut up about your custard creams. Barbons. No, I think you'll find custard creams are the correct option out of those two. I disagree. And I'm you both entitled to your opinions. We all lived happily ever after. God. I think Choco Labneys there, nice. Oh, what? Choco Labneys. I know which ones he means. I know which ones he means. He's on about them right nice ones that have like a thick layer of chocolate on top. Chocolate Leibniz. Ah, I hear it now. It was Leibniz was the word I didn't quite catch at first. This is microphone. 
now. Yes. Well, has anybody got anything else they want to add? No. Not good. no. Fair play. We've managed to keep this to about an hour and a half, so you're all welcome. Um, we've not gone on for too long. Um, yeah. So, thank you very much, everybody. Get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook if you've got anything you want to, us to address, if you've got any ideas, um, for questions, anything like that. It's at MSN Podcast on Twitter. It's My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. If you're liking what you hear, give us a follow or whatever or a share. I don't know really how you do this. I feel like one of those people that goes, please subscribe. But I don't like that. So, yeah. Like um, and subscribe. Give us a retweet. I'm not angry I'm just disappointed oh well you get over it <laughs> well we can only hope um, yeah gents thank you very much um, I will be absent for a couple of weeks um, so hopefully you get on okay without me um, we'll be fine Dave seems to be providing you with enough rants currently so you know, it's been, it's been a while since I've had a good rant on this podcast it has to be fair. It's been mainly me over the last couple of episodes, so nice change. There's one day we're going to get a rant out of Andy and Gref. It's going oh, to happen. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. Great. To be fair, when I said there are there are Manchester fans that look like that are saying they didn't want Dallas Earhart to get a two-match ban, Gref's face at that point, I thought he was about to like throw his laptop out of a window. <laughs> but his laptop's not, his laptop's not Lenovo, so he wouldn't have. No, it's expensive. It's hiccup there. Was that a hiccup from you then, Andy? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you threw it to bear out. Just a <laughs> Brilliant. Right, gents, I am, I'm going to say let's end this now before we just descend into madness and, yeah, just madness, I think, covers it. Um, so, thank you, everybody. Dave, Jedi Dave, thank you very much. I'm telling you, we need to get a picture. I've, the, the photo's ready. I'm going to set, I'll, I'll send it to you, Joe. You can do whatever you want with. Um, and enjoy your honeymoon um, that you, you're going on. Um, have a great time, you and your better half. Um, so, yeah, bug off to um, Skegness and have a great time. Uh, thank you, Graf. Thank you, Andy. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, if you got this far as ever, congratulations. You're the real MVP. The goat. The goat. <laughs> Did I join my own podcast? We just need to make sure that when we're thanking people, we have to thank everybody. We can't direct it at any, any particular cohort of people that listen, because otherwise we'll have to issue a statement. Um, <laughs> Andy, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe. Uh, have a good time in South End. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Grass. <laughs> He's off to market you for a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish it were Oh, God. Yeah. I'll be seeing you soon. Thank you. Dave, another force be with you. See you tomorrow. And thanks for everyone listening, including Block 13. 14 and 15. What about about 12? <laughs> but not one to Oh, 12. yeah, 12 as well. Sorry. Sorry, I've got about, I've got, I've got about 12. Sorry. All right. One to 11. You have to a statement. <laughs> Andy's still working on his statement about his Thomas Cook comment last week. Yeah. <laughs> Start calling Marley Cyrus proper wrecking ball, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um, yeah. Good.
Griff. Well, there's much more to say. Cheers, mate. No problem. Enjoy Cornwall. <laughs> so what is and going dance. on? <laughs> well, thank you to Dave, to Stafford, and to Blocks 1 to 290. Uh, these, these 220... There's block 220 in Sheffield. I think you'll find. Uh, my statement will come out soon then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just presume it's block 220 that don't like Ben O'Connor. It's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, from me, thank you, everybody. Again, reiterate what Dave said this week. If you've listened to this madness all the way through, congratulations. We all, we all don't end up to be in tech hats off. Um, Yes, Sensei Dave, thank you very much. I can't get over the fact. I genuinely can't think whether you're a Yeti or a Jedi. I kind of, I kind of feel like saying it's, it's, it's like on Family Guy, isn't it? Oh yeah, you are white lightning hands. <laughs> Sorry, nobody's going to get that if you've not seen that. Um, yeah, thank you to everybody for another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Cheers.